play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. When we bring on Taylor to the Astros Fantasy Football Podcast, we do it in a way that makes him look professional and wonderful. And, and Tay, thanks for joining us again today, mate. I understand you don't look so professional and wonderful if people were to go past where you're recording at the moment. Uh, to tell us a bit about the array that is going on in your, your general area. Well, mate, I don't know what's going on with our, our feed, our anchor, but for some reason, any time my phone goes dormant, which happens after about a minute, uh, it just completely cuts out. So I can't use that phone for my notes. And my notes is on my other phone, so I'm holding up two phones, pressing the side button on the main phone to make sure it doesn't go dormant, and also looking at my other phone, not letting that go dormant so I don't have my notes. Uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful to watch. And um, yeah, mate, it's, it's, it's great to be on. I love when we just come up with absolute no reason just to get me back on. Yeah, I will scrape the bottom of any barrel I can find to get a reason to bring you back on, mate. But you know what I need to do? I need to get the uh, Chief Financial Officer of Astros, Inc. to uh, to help you out and get you a bit more studio-ready in your car, mate, because that sounds abominable, mate. Well, I'm sorry. there's this weird thing where, like, my company <laughs> that I work for, actually, I have tell me I actually have to work occasionally to actually get paid. So it's this weird sort of new thing they brought in where I actually have to do some work. So <laughs> it's also made it a little bit hard. Sell some hard stuff. Part of my podcast career. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, man. I can't believe that they're encroaching on your podcast career. That's Don't they know who you are? That's what I ask. Just, they're absolutely killing me. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mate, I will, as I said before, just find any reason to bring you back on. And uh, quarterbacks are the reason I brought you back on today. Because there is a bit to think about with quarterbacks in your standard NFL league, um, in your standard fantasy league. The, the league we play in, okay, it's not common, right? We have 16 deep, and it means it's a real mess really uh, trying to find quarterbacks. But most people don't have that problem, right? No, not at all. Most people are struggling with, well, you know, trying to find 10 to start each week and then a few backups to just sort of stash away to make sure that you've got a guy for a good bye week or if you're nervous about a guy who might be injured or if you're trying to take a shot at somebody with some upside and then their upside doesn't come through, that at least you've got a break glass in case of emergency guy who's not shit. <laughs> that's kind of what I thought we should be talking about, man, because it's that time of year now where quarterbacks are about to change all over again with the rookies. But what do we know about the ones who are already here? Are you, are you ready to get down and dirty with the quarterbacks, brother? Mate, always good to get down and dirty. It's just pretty much what happens when I'm around. Uh, I, I really wanted to talk about fringe <laughs> QB1s in fantasy, which I'll put as top 12 and not the Astro QB1, which is 16. Just because if there's people listening that aren't in okay. Astro, obviously they're going to want to know about QB1s in their probably standard league. I yeah. think these guys are really good to talk about for fantasy as well because the top six or eight guys in this position are pretty obvious and it'll probably go chalk and drafts. Yep. So I just wanted to sort of get into these guys uh, and also the ones that are lower than the ones we're talking about are probably just streamers anyway, ones you'll look for for matchups during yeah. the year anyway. So I just thought that this would have been a good area to look at because these might be the guys where you actually find a lot of value in. I think so too. And I think, you know, how much value are we adding to the fantasy football, you know, discourse by talking about Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, it, it does us talking about them at this point in year really add any value for anyone? Well, probably not. That's a lot of why I thought this would be a good subject for us to talk about. And you're clearly the most qualified person on this whole island to do that with. So uh, I was lucky to get a window. With yeah, it's like, oh, hey, guys, I'm going to go on a podcast and tell everyone Pat Mahomes is good. I'm happy analysis. to sort of go through some rankings in a different podcast, like closer to the year, because there, there's probably some guys yeah. that... I think I might have slightly higher or slightly lower than their projection in that top six, but nothing that's going to completely, you know, make a name for ourselves on a podcast that I don't already do. So um, I just thought these positions were the ones that could sort of move up and down a bit. Um, and I feel like they're the ones Love that it. most people are going to be need to find the value in because the top guys are obvious and the lower guys just aren't going to be drafted. So I thought it was a good sort of middle area to talk about. Yeah, I think it's a good subject matter. And and to be honest, right, let's let's just you know, move on from that top section. And if we're sort of counting those guys and maybe Russell Wilson as well as part of that top 
tier, where do you start this? The, what you call yeah, the fringe? So who, who are you considering to be the, the top of this Wilson, fringe? Wilson Watson sort of I left in that top sort of eight. So for the good of this, I'm going to talk about everyone from nine to 15. I'll go Beautiful. through these guys and where they are actually currently ranked. And I'll make a prediction on whether their ADP will be smashed, sustained, or sliding. So the three Ooh. S's. You know how I like my little mini games. Ooh. So I'll uh, I'll give myself a little prediction at the end of it because I you know I like to hold myself accountable. Hang on. Okay. So wait. I'm writing this down. Smashed, sustained, sustained. and what was the third one? Sliding. Say this is great. I'm, okay. All right. Now I've got all that written down, and I feel like I'm 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 part of the game now. All right. Let's go. All right. Where do you want to so start? So Justin Herbert ranked nine. Justin, Justin he's Google, nine, Herbert, hey? uh, he's, he's an interesting <laughs> one for me because I think he offers up a huge range of outcomes this year. Uh, he finished at nine last season in his rookie year, which had a bit of a log jam from seven to 11. So anyone around that position probably wasn't that much different from each other. So yep. most people here would assume that I'm going to bring up nothing but positives. But I'm actually struggling a bit to plant my flag on exactly where I think he finishes. I think he takes a huge step forward in actual NFL and becomes an even more efficient passer. He was 66.6% last year, which isn't bad, but it was ranked wow. 15th yeah. in the QB position, which leaves him plenty of wiggle, wiggle room to move up. I say as a prediction that he moves into the top six in completion percentage next season. This all sounds great, um, This is where, but this is where I think his fantasy value actually takes a slight hit. His team is going to be 10,000 times better on defense, which will stop his need to chase yeah. down leads. I can see far more 20 to 17 games than 33-30. A more efficient, less aired out Herbert isn't the recipe for a huge leap forward, in my opinion. So I'm going to say he's a sustained here. Well, man, I like that. Firstly, can I just address the order in which you've put the surnames from your marriage to Justin Herbert in the off-season. Did you convince him to come to Goodall Herbert just so he gets the bump up so the phone? So we worked out who had from more. from G to H. So everyone, you know, <laughs> loves Taylor Talk. Uh, it used to be Herbert Goodall, especially when we first got married, but we changed it around just because normally the person with more fans, you know, bigger Twitter following, you know, yeah. everyone... You know, everyone knows Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Goodall, so we thought we'd go Goodall first. Well, okay, so I'm glad I got that ironed out because, I mean, firstly, I just don't know how I could have, uh, how I could have lived with myself if I walked past that and didn't ask. Uh, mate, look, I really think that there's such a propensity for this team to be a, a more sound defensive outfit too that I sort of thought the same thing. I kind of wondered whether... Are they just going to take the New Orleans approach that even when they have a good defense, they don't give a fuck and they're just going to try and rain on 55 points every week? Or are they going to play like an NFL team who've never really been, you know, sustained levels of success where, okay, if you can just get the win, get the hell out of Dodge and don't do anything too risky. And that definitely feels more like the uh, the old charges to me. So do I think that he's going to have weeks where he can win you a week because he'll, you know, throw four touchdowns? Yeah, I think those weeks will still be there. Uh, man, I think he sort of broke out last year, and I just don't know how you keep it up. He's kind of got the what James Robinson at running back last year. He's kind of got the quarterback version of that. You know, how do you how do you? Yeah, top it? exactly. And I think Austin Eckler, if he played a whole season, it probably it's good for his passing work. Don't get me wrong, because Eckler is one of the best uh, running backs in the passing game, if not the best. But he also is a better running mm. back on the ground than they probably had Herbert last year. So he also offers up the fact that they may run the ball more. And they're also going to yeah. probably be in front more this year than they were last year. This is just my opinion. But I just think that's going to mean that Herbert's not going to need to air it out. He might be only throwing once on a three-down set instead of two to three times. So I just think in general, it's just going to give him less chances to hit these big fantasy numbers. I think he's, like I said, I think he's going to be very efficient. I think he's going to be a great quarterback for the Chargers. Uh, I just don't think he's going to be as needed as he was last year. So I think there's plenty of pluses, yeah. though, to still keep him where he was last year. I just don't see that that extra push to be way higher than ninth this year for me. I like that. Uh, I would feel very comfortable with having him as my starter in a league that's 10 to 12 teams, 100%. And I'd feel better than good about it in a 16-team Absolutely. league. Absolutely. Like You'll get him in a good spot in the draft. Uh, you know, it's, you know, he could build a good team around that. Oh, Absolutely.
Um, I would say crack out the sherbet for Justin Herbert. Who's next? So, number 10 <laughs> is Jalen Hurtso Good. Na, 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 na. No, 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 no. Sorry. I just I like to put a song in here, there, here and there. We've missed it. We, we really have. I, I also have a Hertz reference to what I thought about him too, and I wrote down, I love him so much, it uh, hurts. I don't know you if either like of us is yeah. better than the other. I think we're both terrible, but we'll move on. But yeah, my apologies. <laughs> at least everyone got to hear my, my apologies, voice, mate. You know, so like, at least... It's been a while, man. I think it's been since the 8th exactly. song. Exactly. Everyone's been waiting for it. My Twitter following is just going to go through the roof. Uh so let's start with that pesky <laughs> stat I brought up for Herbert, which was completion percentage. Now, on ProFootballReference.com, you could only find the top 35 QBs for completion percentage for the 2020 season. Where do you think Hertz finished, Matty C? Right. Oh, gosh. The way you've teed this up, it makes me feel like he didn't make the list. That's right. Nowhere. Nice, nice work, Matty C, with the name. Oh. He was, wasn't even on the list. And in fact, he wasn't even wow. close. Drew Locke was 35th oh, no. with 57.3%. And Hertz was an enormous 5.3% less than that at 52%. Here's some notable guys that oh, were that's ahead cam of him. levels. That's, yeah, Some that's notable bad. guys here that were ahead of him. Andy Dalton, Alex Smith, <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky, Gardner Minshew and his sweet stash, Nick Mullen, <laughs> Nick Foles. Oh, Jeepers. Sam Darnold, and the one that takes the cake, Dwayne Bloody Haskins, all in Jeez. front of him. It's hard to believe Dwayne Haskins doesn't have a job in this league, I know. Well, he does. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's got the backup role at Steelers. That's more than I think he deserved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably true. Gee, that is uh, Cam Newton levels are bad, isn't it? That's, that's now, pretty bad. And you know how I like to take you on a roller coaster. Um, I'm, you know, <laughs> give, me, stay, give me the milkshake and put me on the roller coaster. stats for and against all the time. And you never really quite know which I'm going sometimes. Yeah. This was his rookie season. So I'm happy to forgive some of it. But currently, the Eagles haven't done much to try and help him in the receiving game. His running game, however, is where no. the true value lies for me. In the past, I haven't enjoyed taking a, fir- a run-first QB. But there's been a significant shift to it in fantasy lately. I'm not saying Hurts yeah. all of a sudden becomes a great or even good passer overnight. But if he just gets it to, say, Dwayne Haskins-type levels, then with his running <laughs> game, he has tremendous upside. I'm actually taking a punt here and saying he's a great chance. Or I'm going to say a good chance at smashing his ADP. So I'm putting him as a Smashing, yeah. Took your, I juked, mate. If only he could have sailed. Went, went the other. I'm, I'm a real... Real juke. <laughs> you did start in the basement. Yeah, we started way down in the basement with that PFF not even grading him. In the top I gave you stats and then wow. went completely against uh, it. Unbelievable. Yeah, this is. It's definitely the roller coaster. It's not like the Drew Lock roller coaster with the uh, the, <laughs> the pint of milk before hopping on it, so you can vomit and shoot yourself. But um, may I find it hard to disagree that if a player could only ascend to Dwayne Haskins' levels of amazing, that um, it would not be difficult for a, a run first guy to then. Yeah, it really outperformed because, gee, we saw this last year in our league was that, okay, aside from Mahomes who runs a bit, all the other guys in the top part of quarterback were, you know, your, your Lamar Jacksons, your Kyler Murrays. Um, I expect Dak will be there this year and he, he runs a, a significant amount. And really the only guys who are up there who didn't have a lot of the rushing element were Mahomes and Rodgers, who were just heavy volume on passing. But these guys, the, the fellas who are at the top of quarterback, were on teams that were in the playoff picture in our league. And it, it's the first time in a long time where quarterback has really had the correlation with how you finish in the season. And it's got me to pay attention. And a guy like this that you could pick up as a 10th quarterback who I think has got the potential to finish in the, well up in the top five because of that rushing baseline, it's hard to not be a little bit excited about the idea of being able to get that guy, I don't know, 10th, 11th round in a standard league. That's, that's thrilling to me. That's the sort of stuff that I get out of it. I also don't like the Eagles this year. Um, I think they're going to be last in that division. And they're going to suck. going to help him. I, I, I think there's going to be plenty of just like drills where he's got to do something within a minute and he's just going to realise that no one's open and he's going to take the 40 yards that's pretty much given to him on the ground. And he's going to, even if he has a game that's Lamar-like in the passing game, he could still have 150 yards and a touchdown. And then that's giving you enough in the in the, for a fantasy yeah. day as it is without any passing. So 
I just think in general he's he's definitely got tremendous upside, and yeah, he's at that you know QB ten. I can only see up for him. I can also imagine a world where he doesn't finish that high, but I think it's harder once you've got the rushing floor and you're on a shit team. But don't you get the feeling? I get the feeling about this with Hurts. If the Eagles are going to score anything, it's almost got to be him because I don't trust their rushing game. I don't know who the fuck he's throwing the ball to. It's got to be him. It does. Right? He's just the stats machine. He's Michael Jordan on that team, you know, just the ball's got to go through him. He's going to score all the points. You know, like it it just feels like that's how that team's going to have to roll because everyone else is either not there or Miles Sanders will break off two 80-yard touchdowns on the year and then he'll be injured the whole rest of the time and then they'll have have to piece together, you know, four shitty running backs into one and then everything will just be Jalen Hurts. That's that's what I say. <laughs> Jalen Hurts with a spoonful of Jalen Hurts and a little sprinkling of Jordan Howard at the goal line. I saw he re-signed there like gross. Yeah, <laughs> okay, let's move on from the Eagles because I'm getting a stomach ache thinking about that. Uh, so my boy Ryan Tannathrill at uh, 11. So yeah. he finished as the QB7 last year, which already screams value. Uh, but Tannathrill often only gets looked at as a streamer. Uh, a lot of last year, the question of will this be a Derrick Henry game or a Ryan Tannehill game was thrown out the window as many times they both returned huge games at the same time. Uh, the slight problem for me is the Titans didn't exactly prioritise the receiving game this year, which as a fan made sense as they need to fix the leaky arsehole that was their defence. Jo- Josh Reynolds is a nice pickup, but not exactly an upgrade on the loss of Corey Davis. AJ Brown is the no. key to Tony Thrilling this year, and if he stays healthy, <laughs> could be the reason that Ryan gives value again this year. Me knowing how the Titans play, however, leans me to the conservative approach, though, and I'll say that he falls slightly back to where his ADP is this year, and he sustains that QB 11 finish. Wow. Okay, so we've got another sustain there. I'm not even that excited for Tannehill. I mean, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of competition in that division and they won't have to work too hard. I think the Jags just are better. Who do, you, who do you think's knocking them over in the division? I mean, you're going to need a rookie quarterback to kick ass in Jacksonville. You're going to need Deshaun Watson to stay out of prison. And, I mean, we've just seen what Ronald McDonald did in, in Philadelphia before he's, he's now at the Colts. And that Colts team is based on the defense. It's kind of... It doesn't need to score... 30 points a game. I just uh, I just don't know what to get excited about for Tannehill this year. You know what I mean? And it's not a knock on him, and it's not a knock on the team, because I just think they're going to win the division handily. Well, the Texans weren't great last year, so them being horrendous doesn't change things completely. Uh, I just think the Jags are better. Uh, I don't think they can be worse. I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence all of a sudden turns them into a playoff team, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're pesky and they take the Titans <laughs> in one of those two games into a, into a bit of a closer game. Um, I better because I'm becoming your number one beer distributor every time the Titans damn well win that yeah, game. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's a great feeling. Uh, <laughs> it's just cause for everybody. No, yes. no, only cause for Taylor. Love those cause. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> just in general, like, even if they get to a lead, you know, he's probably had a hand in those first two or three touchdowns anyway. Um, I, that's why I'm saying that he doesn't go better than 11. I think there's going to be a lot of games they score 21 to 24 points. Henry's probably got one of them on average, and uh, he might he hopefully has a hand in the other two, and he's thrown for 200 and something yards. He's got two touchdowns. I, he's got a running baseline too where he can run it in. Uh, I think that will sustain him at least being around that QB1 mm. uh, sort of tier. So that's I don't think point. there's enough going for him. Um, like I said, I'm not stoked with the receiving core, but if AJ Brown stays healthy, uh, that also you know gives him more value too because AJ Brown's had some issues with staying on the field. So yeah, you know I feel like there's still enough upside to keep him there, but I also don't see him finishing as QB seven like he did last year. <laughs> yeah, look, I think I'm going to have to um, back away very slowly here and say uh, actually his goal line they're yeah, rushing does add an element that I just hadn't factored into my, my sliding um, ranking on him. So I, I, I'm going to back away slowly and let you have the sustain there without contest. <laughs> I, I will say, though, like there is a world where he finishes like 16. Like, I'm, not, I'm not sitting here See, I'm leaning saying that. Way. Like, I, would, I would see a world quicker that, if he, that he would be four lower than his ADP than he would be four higher. I know that seems silly because he just came off one that was, you know, four better. But it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me just 
because the way they play, you know, they got slightly worse in the receiving core. They are, I didn't even mention Jonu. Yeah. They let Jonu walk, so um, it's going to be just Ferksar, which, you know, I mean, I don't think is that much worse, but it's definitely not better. So yeah. um, I, I just don't see an upside for him in the passing game unless AJ Brown just goes ham. Uh, but I just don't think there's enough wrong to say he's definitely going to go down either. I, mean, I think the big takeaway here is go and get your Ferkska shares and go and get your uh, your Michael Pruitt shares. Go get them. Go you get heard them. it here first. Tight end has always been worthwhile there. Uh, anyhow, all right, all right. Uh, the Tannehill, we're saying sustain, right? We're going to yeah, sustain for him. Sustain. Okay. And sorry, okay. just back to your point too, you mentioned Hurts. I also can see a world where he's got <laughs> as well. Like, that, that's why I changed my uh, stance where I said he's a great chance of being a, um, to, to go through and have a better season than his ADP. I, I changed it to good because there is a world where, you know, in his second year, the team just sucks and they just struggle and, you know, his running baseline is just not enough to sustain what is how bad his passing game is. So there is a world where that happens too, but I'm just sort of planting my flag on where I think they, they can get to. And yeah. I just think the chances of him going well over nine, uh, you know, are definitely high up there. And I just think Tannehill yeah. sits around 11. And I would totally take the Hurts bet over the Tannehill bet. 100%. 100%. So, yeah, that's my comfort level too. Uh, wow. So we've got... Herbert, Hertz, Tannehill. This is already looking like a great cast of, uh, of feel like the, the beginning of a mullet, you know, how it's all party at the front. Oh, mate. Uh, we're starting to get to the... <laughs> well, it's not party at the front. It's business at the front. It's party at the back. We're starting to get into the back here. Who's, who's well, this the is beginning of the back business, of this mullet? So this needs to be the front of the mullet. Uh, this is, <laughs> this this is, is the front. Tom Brady at 12. And, you know, TB12, perfect spot for him. TB12 at 12. The boys are back in town. I mentioned on an earlier pod that this, uh, for the first time in basically a millennium, that a Super Bowl team has brought back <laughs> literally everyone. Uh, they yeah. had a Geo Bernard with some pass catching out of the backfield. Geo. Gotta love the Geo. In saying Gotta that, love the Geo. Um, I actually think there's some slight regression here for TV 12. Uh, the defense proved what a monster they are, and I think that continues in a big way next season. The receivers he has are Super Bowl winners, don't get me wrong, but they aren't getting any younger. I know betting against Brady has never been smart, and I'm not saying he (laughs) doesn't get to the promised land again. I just am thinking he does it in more of a game managerial way this season. And like Herbert, the team won't need to score a huge amount of points to win, especially with a weakened Saints offense in their division. So I'm saying sliding here for Brady. I mean, I thought the same things, but I know, gosh, you know, we just saw them lay the boot into the shit teams. Like, they did the old New Orleans thing of, we don't care how shit you are. We're just going to keep on playing until we hit 40 before we take out the starters. Like, they, they just showed utter disregard for everybody when their defense was killing it. They just kept on trotting out the offense. So, I still, I'd be okay with people saying, no, I believe, but I'm just not that guy. That's not me, and I'm also out on Brady, I'm like, man, every year I write the same thing down in my little mind to say, ah, this has got to be the year where he turns into the pumpkin, right? And I'm always wrong. <laughs> and we'll continue to be wrong probably till he's 60. And then he's probably a better chance of having a heart attack before he actually retires. Um, but although he doesn't need any legs, so there's probably not that good a chance. Uh, I, I, I just, <laughs> no, he doesn't. Again, it's not a take on him being a bad quarterback. Like, I can see him getting to the Super Bowl again. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I'm just Definitely. saying for fantasy value, he, I think he takes a bit of a downtick. You know, he's ranked at 12. I can see him finishing around that 15, 16 range. I just don't know if he's going to feel the need to have to do anything. I know the running game isn't fantastic, but there'll be Jones games. There'll be Leonard Fournette games. Um, I think if Bernard's going to have a game, it's probably going to be from Brady because he's really just a pass catcher these days. Um, yep. But I don't know. I, I just don't see him with a lot of upside, but I have, I do see him the upside. Yeah. So I feel like I had to put him sliding. Yeah. God. I, but there's also the part of me that's like, well, now that every other quarterback who ever plays this sport is going to get one extra game per year, Brady is now going to have to play a lot more seasons to make sure he puts enough distance between him and any of these other chumps who want to uh, try and chase down some of his records. Uh, so there's also the part of me that thinks, you know, now that Breeze is gone, he doesn't have to do the weekly back and forth with Breeze about who's the best at what. Uh, now I just kind of wonder how much he's going to want to just try and expand that gap while he's got 
that space to run in now that Breeze is gone. You know, but hundred percent, he's going to be someone else's problem because I'm not going to own him in any league. It's just not going to happen. No, uh, there's always going to be someone I prefer to Brady when he's available uh, in a draft. Uh, there's always going to be someone I prefer. More. And this is where the hard thing can be with picking someone, you know, to smash their ADP or be or sustain or you know or slide or whatever. I. I, I don't see yeah. a huge slide. I, I put him as slide because, in general, like I said, I see less, uh, sorry, more downside than us. But I also yeah. don't see a world where he slips like two or three, more than two or three lower than that. Just because, like you said, no. there's going to be games where he's going to want to just say, fuck you. Like, there's going to be a game like he had, <laughs> was it against Detroit, where they're like 45 mil yeah. at the time. And the only reason he didn't have the biggest game of all time is because they benched him the whole second half. So there's going to be games. They made like, a Blaine Gabbett a yeah. over there at Ford Field. I tell you what, that was beautiful to watch. Shijagi was number one round pick quarterback playing well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even if it was for Tampa Bay, eight years into his career, I. The worst defense in modern history. I, I still enjoy Absolutely it. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, not, not a take on Tom Brady being washed or anything. I just think in general for fantasy owners that uh, he's going to, at best, I think, get what he is. And I've just put him as a slight downtick. So, you know, I, I, there's not many on this list that I have sliding, but I felt like I'd put, plant no. my flag and say that he'd slide a few spots. But without the rushing, too. Like, have you seen him run? He runs like your granddad. Uh, but he's not doing that anymore, which is fair enough too, because he's brittle and we don't want him to just, you know, dislocate a hip while he's running. Uh, but I assume the people that you've got below him here are going to be guys who are a bit more younger with some sort of rushing baseline. And I'm sort of excited to find out who you've got below old man Brady. So this guy definitely doesn't have a rushing baseline, but I'm, I'm excited by him just about where he's ended up. So 13 is Matthew Stafford. The Stafford fan. Matty Stafford. Now, I'm going to rule out sliding straight off the bat because I can't see a world where that happens except an early season season ender, um, which I don't like to predict. I don't like to predict someone with an injury. Um, So the staff infection is always a chance um, of getting injured, but I don't like to predict these things. In saying that, I'll take you on a roller coaster as I think the move has positive and negative uh, implications. First, he's gone to a team that clearly wants to win now. They will gladly throw away every draft pick they have to make the team better right now. <laughs> they don't care. And he gets one of the best one-two punch receiving combos in Cup Woods that would be the envy of plenty of QBs around the league. Now, the emergence of yeah. Cam Akers, I know a lot of people may say this is positive, but I actually think it has a negative effect on Stafford. The Rams love to run the ball as it is. And we saw last year how often running backs pilfered most red zone opportunities away from golf. Stafford also hasn't had anyone like Akers at the Lions, and he can be completely comfortable handing off the ball to 20 to 25 times a game. Again, like the Chargers and Bucks, I think this team stays at a very high level defensively, which limits Stafford's chances to come back in games and air it out. So with all that said, I think 13, though, is still too low for a player of his talent and with the receiving core at his disposal. I think health is the risk. But like I said, I like to project healthy players and I see him smashing through QB 13. Do you know, the thing that's different for Stafford here, though, to me, is I'm actually pretty sure he only had one guy rush for 100 yards in his entire career at Detroit once. I think that... I don't think that that's – it might not be the right number, but, I mean, it's a low, ridiculously stupidly low number of times he had a, any kind of running game, even in a single game, and that's not going to be a problem for a team who've invested some money in having a, you know, a veteran offensive line who aren't total garbage, who can protect him, who can punch a hole for their running back. Yeah. I mean, and how many games did we see Goff last year with 280 yards and no touchdowns? And you go, oh, you're kidding <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is why nobody owns you. Um, and, I, yeah, I just don't know that Stafford could, could not have the no touchdowns. He you know also I mean? had Golladay couldn't stay on the field. Um, Marvin Jones, you know, was hit and miss. He, he just never really had the receiving call like he's going to get here to really get the touchdowns, though. Um, well, I've always been yeah. a big fan of him. Obviously, health, like I said, is the big key. But... As much as there are things against him at the Rams in terms of not being able to air it out and they've got a system there in place to sort of run a lot, 
I, I just can't see this not being a positive. I, I, I don't think he has ever really had a great situation at the Lions other than the fact that they've been down and he's been able to air it out. But there's not really been <laughs> anyone to air out too when Golladay hasn't been there. So I just think in general yeah. there's positives and negatives, but I'm going to plant my flag on him being higher than 13. All right, we're going to get Stafford. That, that's going to be a gentle smash. It's not nah. going to be a solid sustain. It's going to be a gentle smash. Very gentle. We should have, we should have different <laughs> a teaspoon of smash. smashes. <laughs> it's a, sm- a sprinkling of smash. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a garnish of smash. I don't know. I, I probably need to move on. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited to find out who you've got below Stafford, though, because there's a couple of names that I'd sort of penned in of going, because I didn't pull up a rankings list. I kind of just wrote down who I thought because, you know, I like to have my own opinions and, and sort of die by my own sword. And there's a bit of a mixed bag in the next three that I wrote down that you kind of got one guy who's so embedded in his team, one guy who's nice and young and energetic and, and sort of had his season end a bit early, and then another guy who's kind of a mystery wrapped in a riddle. And I just don't know which one of these three you're going to pull out of the bag. Now, this guy, again, has absolutely no running baseline. <laughs> so I feel like I know so which one Kirk it is now. <laughs> not a lot has... He's my mystery wrapped <laughs> in a riddle. Not a lot has changed for him year to year, but I will say that the Jefferson breakout can only spell upside for him. This team is always going to be a running team with Delvin at the helm. The Cousins is very efficient, ninth in completion percentage last year. And with a quality duo in Jefferson and hooked out a feeling. <laughs> the singing, the singing back is wide. back. Uh, so he beat this spot last year and finished at the QB 11 spot. But like I said with Tanner Hill, it's hard to see too much upside where you can see him going way higher than projected. But at the same time, you can't see a world where he goes much lower either. I think he's a perfect candidate for a sustained ADP finish this season. It's hard to disagree. Um, I've brought back the uh, the story of Matty C makes a lettuce sandwich for right. Kirk Cousins because, I mean, it's a sandwich and it's something to eat, but, I mean, it's just fucking lettuce. There's nothing good about it. Uh, I think if you owned Kirk Cousins yeah. in a league last year and he finished 10th, 11th, somewhere in that range, that's enough to say he should have been someone you could have felt like you could start pretty well every week. And I think if you met the guy who started Kirk Cousins every single week, that guy would be a bitter, angry excuse for a person who would probably, you know, walk right over you for your last 20 cents. Like, he would be a mad guy. Ah, just at this point, it's a, they're tough owns because they're not going to be consistent every week. But they prove that they're worthwhile. So, I don't know. Kirk Cousins, the fantasy... Yeah, not a lot of mayo on that either. Um, <laughs> he just... No, no mayo on that bad boy. Streamer because he seems to pop up against teams that they should beat well. And then he has decent games in those. Obviously, there's just games where Delvin Cook just goes ham. So, Kirk Cousins has nothing to do with it. So, it, it is hard to work out sometimes. But I, I just always put him in that streaming situation. Even in Astro, I still wouldn't, I still yeah. wouldn't want to see constantly starting him at Astro and that's 16 teams so I, I just would always want to take him on matchups and I I just don't think he's that guy that I can comfortably play each week but at the same time he's going to have enough boom games to sustain like a 13 yeah. finish isn't that the problem with him though because you go gee if I ever started him he'd want to have one of those boom games but guy how much do I trust him and this is why he finishes there it's not because he's consistent Oh, yeah. Speak to the guy who owned him for a full year. I think they'll tell you exactly. This is why this Kirk Cousins is going to be somebody else's That's problem right. again this year. That He's got the Tom Brady effect. I just I just won't own him. Every time that the decision comes up of Kirk Cousins or somebody else, I'm going to take Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even sold he'll be someone starter in Astro. Well, it's weird. Like, he's sitting at 14. Um, but I find often he's often like either just on the wire or he's like someone decided to go two QBs and he's just sitting there at the bench as a backup. I, I don't know. It, it's weird. Like, I still think he sustains it, like I said, but he's the kind of guy I wouldn't even... He's got no upside to me. I wouldn't be taking him at 14 either. No. What's he got to do to make me feel excited about him? Like, I don't know that there's anything he can do. Not that, you know, fellas below him, some of these next tier guys... I think they've got more potential to do that. The reason that they're lower is that they just haven't shown that they can do it. Yet. So the rankings I'm looking at has Winston at 15 and then Fitz at 16. But I'm not completely sure that Whoa. either of those guys starts week one 
So I'm going to jump to the QB17 here <laughs> and talk about Joe Burrow. Yay! I was hoping he would come now, up. Now, everything we're hearing out of the Bengals camp is that they are either going to be drafting a high-end receiver or possibly trading down and going after an offensive lineman, which either way helps Burrow a lot. My assumption is that their lower-round draft picks will also be looked at for their O-line as well because their O-line was a Matt Ryan-style poo last year. The guy <laughs> looks great in his rookie year, and I know you need to take the ACL injury into account, but I feel like that's already baked into his ADP here. I yeah. love T. Higgins. Yeah. I think that duo is going to be special moving forward. I think getting past catching running back Joe Nixon back will help, and I generally like where the Bengals are heading. Give me Bar- Burrow to smash through his ADP this year. I'll get a Burrow of Burrow. That's what I thought you were about to say. And I was mad at myself I hadn't written that down when you started with a Barrow. I'm, I'm like, oh, that's what I should have said. That's such a dad joke. Um, mate, and I think this guy is going to be so uneven. It's going to be yeah, hard to okay. trust what you're going to get out of him. And he could win your weeks, and that would be great. He can completely sync it up probably and lose your weeks. But I think a guy like this is much more worthwhile than a Kirk Cousins because I'm like, well, at least this guy's got Absolutely. that upside. This is a typical case of Kirk Cousins or insert a guy. Well, insert this guy's name. I'll take this guy every time. Just higher upside. I, I can see him smashing through his ADP because I just think his boom games are going to be more than his bust. I'm not telling you he's not going to have some busts like Kirk Cousins and some of the other guys. And He might come <laughs> in that streaming sort of situation a bit, but I think he's going to have good enough games where someone's going to grab him and start him most weeks. Yeah, and I think he, he might be a bit tempered on running this year coming off the ACL injury, so what maybe this thought? isn't the year he blows the, you know, the doors off, but... Still, I think I'm still more enticed by that than I am by lettuce sandwich exactly. over here. You know, <laughs> have a, need a uh, running baseline when we're talking about QB17. You know, we're not talking about a top five guy. We're not talking <laughs> yeah. about a top ten guy or anything like that. We're, we're just trying to find value in the positions that they're being drafted at. And to me, he doesn't need that to, to bring back value and go forward. At the end of the season, Joe Burrow ends up as quarterback nine. Let's just say that. Eleven, something like that. I can see that. I can see that pretty easily. And I'd be happy to own him to finish there than Kirk Cousins to finish there or Tom Brady Absolutely. to finish there. You know what I mean? Is, I think that'd be a more fun ride. I think I'd look at my team far more fun. and There's be a bit happy. of mayo on that sandwich, I can tell you that. <laughs> I would eat a mayo sandwich oh, over a sure. sandwich, to be honest. <laughs> for sure. Um, is Joe Burrow the mayo sandwich of fantasy football? That I ask you. <laughs> for another podcast, maybe. Get, get me on again. No, this one. Let's let's really explore um, this. No, so I had some other notable mentions. I won't go too deep yeah. into these unless there's someone I say that picks your interest, Matty C. Uh, speaking of going in deep, All right. Deshaun Watson's asshole is an expansion <laughs> candidate. With the possibility of him going to jail and sharing a cell with someone I presume is named Bubba. Uh, so be careful drafting him at QB7. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things. I was just so hooked on this. Somebody called Bubba. Like, well, figure this someone if he's going to be Bubba, in Texas, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be literally sharing a, a cell with Shaq. Basically. Like, wow. Uh, okay, yeah, and look, I don't know how anyone has any confidence drafting Watson if they're doing a mock draft today. You can only be looking at the upside and completely ignoring all the legal stuff there. And I don't know what to make of it. I have absolutely no idea what to make of it. And this is 100% why Watson will be someone else's problem as well because I'm just not willing to spend whatever it would take to get him. And, and he has with that to be, You have to worry about him and not take him because especially if he's at seven, let's say he's at ten. To me, he still doesn't have enough upside this year with how bad the team is. He doesn't have enough guys to throw to yeah. and just a, like a good enough offense that he can move the ball for you to see this huge Deshaun Watson-like upside in a guy even at QB10. And right now, he's still at QB7. You just can't take him, yeah? You have to try and get value and like hope you've got a draft of guys that all feel the same way and hope he drops to around the 12... 13 before you start looking at him because there's just no value in, in him this year because the team is just an ass sandwich. <laughs> an ass sandwich. sandwich of assholes. We are really expanding the sandwich Still menu at the Astros cafeteria. 
<laughs> the lettuce sandwich. Oh gosh, and where does Wentz wind up on this? Oh, maybe I'm preempting. Maybe maybe we should let you get down there. But look, I, I'm going to say I agree with you on the Watson take. Um, who so Daniel Jones at QB twenty is a big value for me. Uh, I'll have him smashing his ADP. I've got a further one down, not further. Uh, Sam Darnold at QB thirty three. Sleeper for me. Uh, I've got him smashing his ADP too, but I'll mention more about him in a sec. Mate, Daniel Jones is probably the guy who I'm going to end up rolling with in a league like ours where it's 16 teams. And I'm if I'm not the first to get a quarterback, I'm happy to be the last. And if I'm going to be last, well, I've kind of got free range of the, the bucket of shit left over. And who floats to the top of that? Well, a guy like, well, probably Joe Burrow or a guy like Daniel Jones who I think... Well, for what it's costing me, I might as well go for the upside because what if they finish quarterback yeah. 10, 11? Exactly. And I win. Yeah, QB is very similar to tight end for me. Like, you don't get the top three. You, you just, you're just you looking for massive value way lower. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, man, I think Daniel Jones could be the guy. I, th- I don't think he's going to ever have had a wide receiver core as good as he's going to have this year. I mean, I think Kenny G going there, so smooth, is a massive upgrade over, you know, the ghost of nine years in Golden Tate. Absolutely. And that defense isn't, Amazing, but I mean, it's not a joke. It's not the freaking, you know, the Lions have got a defense that got you and I would get a start on that. Um, he, he doesn't have that problem, but he still has to make enough magic happen and he's happy to run. So well, I'm down with Daniel just, Jones. Just so Absolutely down you. with Daniel we Jones. Last year. Again, I'm not saying Daniel Jones is Josh Allen, but I'm just saying that. I think you are saying that. Jesus Christ. They had a problem with Josh Allen's long ball. They went and got one of the best wide receivers at the the deep ball. Look what happened. I know Josh Allen's um, breakout was probably more about him just getting better, but they definitely went and helped him that way. Then, well, Daniel Jones just got one of the better receivers in the league, Kenny Golladay. I I just think, like you said, he can run. Um, he's very quick. Uh, if he can get himself, you know, out of the pocket and not get him fumble, fumble Jones, he's just fumbling all over the world. Um, <laughs> he can get it out to Kenny Golladay a bit quicker because he can. He's one of the best contested catch guys in the league. Golladay is so if he can get it out a bit quicker, he might not be getting sacked and, and getting touched and fumbling the ball. So I just think in general it's an upside for him and at QB twenty. That's all you need. You just need some sort of upside, and I see it massively of Daniel Jones this year. Yeah, same. I love it. He is a Dorito oh, sandwich. Yeah, we'll, we'll just reference everyone to sandwiches. I think we all know what Andy Dalton's sandwich is going to be. <laughs> It'll be out there with a Matt Ryan sandwich, I think. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> no, we, we know that uh, the Carson Wentz and the Andy Dalton sandwiches have oh, to be exactly. off the McDonald's menu. We know that. Tomato sandwich. Tomato ball sandwich. That's it. The tomato sandwich. You're not going to have the. Uh, uh, the, the quarter pounder with nah, cheese. No You're not going to do that one? That's what I would have done. And, and Sam Darnold, you go and sleepless in South Carolina. I've coined that. Uh, people are going to have to come through me. I'm going to trademark that before this goes to air. And uh, I'd like so to hear what your take is on, sec, on Carolina. I just we would touch on some QB movement. Um, and he sort of pops up in there. So I just thought I'd, I'll go on a bit of a tangent here. So I'll try not to take up too much time. Um, but if you've got anything you wanted to sort of touch no, on, I'll, I'll, I'll get... Questions at the end, please. Questions at the end. Oh, just save your questions. Yeah, Mr. Exactly. Goodall will not be answering questions. So I'll quickly touch on some QB <laughs> movement and where I think there's fantasy relevance. I've already mentioned Matthew Stafford, who I believe will beat his QB 13 ADP and has all the weapons to have a great season in fantasy and in real life. The other side of that trade is Jared Goff, who I think takes a step away from even being a streamer now. I agree that the team being down is tempting, but I don't think he has the weapons to even score enough garbage points to make Goff relevant. I think Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift help because they are both quality pass catchers, but there's just not enough points in the lines this year. In saying that, I love Brashad Perryman as a late draft steal in the wide receiver position, but I'll just leave that there. Fitzmagic, I've spoken yep. about. I'm not certain he's the starter, but I like him for him and this team. Great receivers there, but may only be a stash play early on. Uh, team again may not have to score a lot of points to win. So, one guy yeah, I'm good. very intrigued on is Sam Dunn. I've always been a believer in him where others haven't been. And to be fair, the others have been right so far. I can't even begin to talk about how big it is that he's away from Adam Gase now because that guy is dick cancer. Darnold <laughs> had 0.0% chance to succeed on that basket case of the team 
and now goes to a team with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and I'm not sure if you've heard of this guy, Chris Christian Mc, McCaffrey, I think his name is. Um, I think, yeah, I've heard of him. Oh, rings a bell. On a deep dive. Yeah, uh, just a bell. The team actually traded yeah. <laughs> him, so, that, so they were obviously wanting to do anything they can to make him succeed. And they have what I consider to be a good coach, who most importantly isn't Adam Gase. Darnold's yes. 59.6 completion percentage wasn't great, but he wasn't set up to succeed. And the team he has around him now that actually wants to win and has far better pieces. I like this because I can finally get my answer on whether this guy was in a bad situation or is just bad. Yeah. I've been a truther for Sam Darnold for a long time. I've been really of the belief that uh, he just needed a better situation and, and I'm hopeful I'm always a little nervous about the guys who really only have the one nice year of college and then all of a sudden appear in the NFL that maybe they're a bit underdone. But after a couple of absolute ass beatings in the NFL, this guy is battle-hearted now and I think he's got the thick skin and a new situation I think is probably just what the doctor ordered for him. And what you're telling me and I think... um, Well, what I think you're telling me, I'm absolutely speaking for you here now because I've I don't know, I've given myself license to, is that you think that he may just walk straight past Teddy into the starting job? Is that what I'm I just picking don't up? See I'm the detecting. for them if they weren't. It, I, don't get me wrong, it wouldn't be surprised, like it wouldn't surprise me if they just took a QB as well in the draft. Like, there's just so many QBs there, and they decided <laughs> to completely get rid of Bridgewater and just had Darnold as the backup. But I just don't see the point of trading for Darnold if they didn't see him as higher than Bridgewater. It just I feel like it was too high a price to trade for him just to back up Teddy, who they're not really that stoked with in the first place. So I would suggest yes, but obviously I could be very wrong. Uh, but I'm basically just trying to talk about him with the chance of being the starter. You take him at QB 33 off the waiver wire, you don't yeah. really aren't taking any chance. There's no big sort of leap you're taking. You wait to see if he's the starter or not, and if he's not, you just don't play him. Yeah, and I, I don't think that it's not that he hasn't got the tools to be a good NFL quarterback. I just think he was at a place that didn't give him enough to work on and work with and, and just... I don't know, the whole situation over there is... I, I just feel sorry for any quarterback who gets the New York Jets job and until I'm sort of see reasons to think otherwise that's going to be my default position on every quarterback who goes to New York Jets but and you can say that about the Jags too probably but ah man I I just cannot imagine Teddy standing in the way for very long if at all because he was pretty much just getting stand-in kind of love from the Panthers with the free agent contract he got anyway like he was the temporary plan. He was always the temporary plan. They didn't give him, we're marrying you money. We gave him the let's date kind of money. So yeah, I could completely buy that Donald would just... Well, Donald was seeing ghosts. So hopefully those ghosts turn into DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and he actually froze to him. So we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. <laughs> so now the two guys putting sunscreen salespeople's kids through college, Ronald Dalton uh, <laughs> means nothing to me. He doesn't help this promote <laughs> Foles Trubisky, nor do I think he's even a streamable QB this year. No. Hopefully, for his sake, they play at no. night so his skin can stay pasty white. Ron- <laughs> <laughs> They're going to play a lot yeah, of 10 absolutely. 9 kind of games, um, too, aren't they? Ronald Ugh. Wentz uh, will just be Philip Rivers 2.0 without the <laughs> semen or the dump off passes to the running backs. Sucks ass for Hines and will not allow Jonathan Taylor to take any further steps in the passing game. But I do see him dominating on the ground because he's talented and they have a wonderful offensive line. Notice how I took this away from Wentz and started talking about other players straight away. That's how much relevance Wentz has to be on the Colts. (laughs) In a plus for him, Lucas Oil Stadium has a retractable roof. So they close it so the sun won't radiate (laughs) off his glowing ranger body. (laughs) <laughs> you got to be very careful there too because they've got oh, that nice shiny statue of Peyton Manning out the front and that enormous forehead yeah, does relax a, like a lot of sunburns. So. Stop that. <laughs> Big windows on the end of that stadium. Uh, are you one of these people who can just kind of do the, the quick line between, oh, Frank Reich, Frank Reich and Carson Wentz. He was on an MVP caliber season before he, whatever he ruined, like he always ruins something and gets chronically hurt um, aren't you going to drink no, that Kool-Aid no I've drunk Kool-Aid at Matt Ryan's house and not it'll wash down all the sandwiches so I'm not <laughs> drinking that because I just think Carson Wentz just decided that he was asked now. Like he just 
that's just just what happened. Like, you can't just tell me that a different coach all of a sudden made him do those throws. Like he just looks horrendous. He just isn't the guy he used to be. I'm not saying the Colts can't be decent with him. I just think he's going to do similar to what Philip Rivers did last year. He, he's just a bit washed. Um, he's good enough just to be a QB in the league, and he's just going to do enough to find the guys when he needs to. And the Colts are probably just going to rely on their defense. Well, mate, you know I had to ask. You just, you know, I had to ask because that's the first thing out of every naysayer's lips when you start trashing this whole Colts to the uh, picking up wins thing. Is they're like, oh, but Frank Reich. And, yeah. I just need to ask. You know, due diligence. Oh, exactly. I am a you good interview. Questions, and then I swap them away like Shaq. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get the Matombo finger out. <laughs> Wait, um, I, I don't have any more questions for you, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm uh, yes. I've got sure more sandwiches. every player to a sandwich, but yeah, that's, that's all I had for you this one by, as well, yeah. mate, but I'm sure we'll find a reason uh, next week to get me on again, because that's what we do. Uh, I will find a way, even if it is the <laughs> Maddie and Taylor do sandwiches podcast, wrong with we that. will have you back. So. <laughs> Hooroo! Hey, roommate. Haskins has just been an absolute turd. You could be understood for being, you know, skittish about that. Take Fournette out of the lineup. Yeah, mate, I had a Ron Jeremy size boner going for in there. <laughs> Your in-depth knowledge of what it's like to be boned this year. Wes is going to have to realise that he's just playing like a ginger piece of shit. This is Taylor nailed, I've got to say. It's always my treat to have Taylor come by the show, and I'm so, so glad to have had him call past and clear up some of this stuff about quarterbacks. Very, very soon, we're going to have the NFL draft. That's going to change a few things in the NFL. I'm not sure it's going to change much for fantasy, because I think the quarterbacks who are coming out of that NFL draft won't really impact a lot of what we've been talking about. Even the very top of that quarterback list, very unlikely to cause much more of a stir than some of the guys who are already established who we've just talked about today. That is going to be a different topic altogether, where it will impact dynasty and keeper leagues and we're going to bring back an old show favorite for that one i've managed to convince the people who manage mr evan flay i've got my people in touch with his people and we're going to get him on right after the nfl draft to talk about the impact of some of the players that he's talked to us he's introduced us to through the pre-draft process he's got us really ready for how they sit in dynasty and what we need to be prepared for and here we go the draft is about here and once they find homes to play their football He's going to come back and talk to us about what impact that's going to have on fantasy for the upcoming season and how you need to prepare yourself for your Dynasty League drafts. Can't wait to have my good old buddy Evan back on the show. But next time I see you, I'm going to be with Brian from the Concerts That Made Us podcast. We're doing a great collaboration episode from way over in Waterford in Ireland. How great's that? Cannot wait to team up with Brian, so make sure you get back for the late week show. My name is Matty C. I'm the host of the show. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Astro League Pod. I'm out of here. Hooroo! Play. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C.